This episode is brought to you by Fluid, transforming digital asset markets through artificial intelligence. Fluid is the deep liquidity infrastructure delivering best execution across centralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges through AI-driven solutions. Some of the products include spot trading, derivatives, margin trading, cross-engine, community treasury, and tokenized markets. For more information, you can go to fluid.finance. Again, that's fluid.finance. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent, your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a very special guest with you today to talk about something that is very timely and something that is very essential for all the businesses that are building in Web3, especially right now during this bearish market. Uh, we have Kill Camden, who's with Digital uh, Vision Media Group. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm great, thank you. And thanks for having me on the, uh, on the show. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, before we kind of dive into what people can be doing to uh, help into market and grow their different brands and businesses and communities, let's first dive into a little bit of information about yourself. Can you give us some background? Sure. Where do you want me to start? Uh, um, wherever you want. All right. So I, let's, let's start, I guess, when I got into crypto, because I think it's important for anyone who's new into crypto or who's been in the space for a little while to kind of understand I got into crypto back in 2017, and I thought I was late, okay? I thought it was really late. Um, some friends had been telling me about it since 2014, 2015, I would say early, early 2015, and I just didn't believe them. I didn't get into it. Um, and so I, I went down the rabbit hole in 2017, pivoted our entire agency towards uh, really focusing on blockchain-based companies, Web3, as it's called now. And, and uh, just went down the rabbit hole from there. They've done mining, have done marketing for different crypto companies, exchanges, protocols, like you name it, I've, I've probably worked with them. And I think for anyone who's kind of new to the space right now, it's still early. I think that's just, it's still really early. I think there's a lot, a lot of room to grow. Definitely. So that first interaction within the Web3 space, like what was it for you? Like, how did you first hear about it? And what made you decide we need to be in this space right now? So a friend of mine had, was, was in the process of building a blockchain-based company. And he had asked me for my marketing, uh, my marketing help, marketing advice. And so that's how I first really decided to get into it. But I had heard about it a couple years before, you know, with the infamous Silk Road and with you know, you hear about Bitcoin on, on, on the interwebs. And um, yeah, I'd heard about it. I didn't believe in it. I didn't trust it. And then when my friend was like, hey, can you just help us with some marketing? I said, yeah, okay, sure, let's, let's go. And then I started to get way more into it and, you know, read the Bitcoin white paper, um, then eventually the Ethereum white paper and just went down the road. Yeah, it's a, it's a slippery slope once you get in. Uh, you just want to get more and more, as much information as possible and figure out like where is it that you can kind of get behind this new and emerging technology and start to grow and expand from there. So you start to learn about this, you read the right papers and you decide to, you know, first help out with helping your, your, your friend who's trying to build a blockchain tech uh, company. How did you then continue to grow and expand from there? How did you start to work with various companies in the space? Yeah, great question. So we helped them with their growth we ended up doing the world's largest cryptocurrency lawsuit, their PR. Um, so 
you know, a friend of mine was suing a, a, a stock exchange for half of a billion dollars. Um, so we did that. That got us some, that got us some credibility. And then we started working with other companies during the ICO, ICO boom. Um, you know, so we started working with some companies there. And then throughout Crypto Winter, we started working with some protocols and other companies in the blockchain space that were up to interesting things and working on interesting projects. And so it just kind of snowballed from there. So referrals and, you know, just progression from doing good work. So let's start with the, the question that a lot of people, uh, probably top of mind as you talk to someone who is working in the marketing and, and the growth space, how does one grow right now in this moment during a bear market? Yeah, great question. I, I think really it's, it's, it's going to come down to a few things, okay? So yes, you've got to have a product that works, okay? So that's just table stakes, but really right now, what, what we're seeing is we're seeing the advertising market has shifted a lot. Um, so, you, you know, for, for better and for worse, depending on the platform that you're on. So that's not necessarily the best place to, to grow. It does help, of course. Um, but I think what's, what's really, really important right now is communication. And so communication in your community, huge, like huge, huge, huge. And that's not just running games and building your Discord channel or your Telegram channel. It's like real genuine communication, educating your audience about what you're doing, your roadmap, how things are going. Like that's super important. And then as well, communication, what we've seen is communication on, on slash in blogs and newsletters. That's huge. Again, you've got you've to keep on educating your audience and keeping, you've got to keep them engaged with what you're doing. Those are, the, those are the main things we've seen. Yes, of course, you can do Twitter, you can do Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, the whole nine yards. But really, communication is what it comes down to. And if you've got a strong community, and especially in the winter, then when, you, when, you, when, you, when, when it's bull market, you're going you're gonna to you're, you're make a lot of success. Definitely. And uh, communication is always going to be essential to, to, to any business. And as you are building out that, that, that brand and, and that community, keeping everyone up to date on what's going on, good or bad and different, letting them know just so they feel like they are always up to date is, is, is very crucial. And you've been through a couple of these bear markets now since you've you know, been in this space as long as you have. The companies that you've worked with that have been able to come out on the other side of some of these bear markets into bull cycles, what were some of the keys to the success of being able to build during builders' times, aka bear markets, so that you can ride the successes of when it's bull time? Yeah. So Richard, you mentioned you mentioned something just in passing. You you know it you know it to be true. That's why it was just like kind of nothing to you. You see communication both on the good and the bad, and that's one thing that I think a lot of companies miss. Right? Look. At the end of the day, no brand is perfect. We can try to be, but no brand is perfect. And I think what a lot of founders, what a lot of companies that are building try and do is they try and hide, they try and hide some of the flaws. They try and hide some of the, 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 the quote unquote bad things that they don't want people to know about. And you know what? That's part of communication that makes you human. That's part of what builds trust is when you can say, hey, look, this is something that we're struggling with, or this is something that we're working to overcome. Here's how we're doing it. That type of communication is super important. And so, like you, like you mentioned, in bear markets where 
there's a lot of challenge and there's a lot of uncertainty. People are not super trustworthy of the, the brands that may be in the market, especially when we see huge scams and, and crashes, you know, like, like Luna and, you know, some of the other challenges in DeFi. People are skeptical. And so I think communicating both the good and the bad and how you're, how you're looking to overcome some of the challenges while you're building is, is super important versus just communicating about the good stuff and only communicating when you have good information, which means maybe you're going to be quiet for three or four months. That's not a good idea, I don't think. I think you need to constantly communicate and you need to constantly be, be showing your, your community like, hey, here's what we're doing to really push forward and to build well in this, in this downturn. Hey everyone, just wanted to let you know about all of the amazing content that we're making for you exclusively over on YouTube. You can stay connected to crypto's top stories and trending topics with the Aftershock. Every Wednesday, join cryptocurrency Steve Miller and myself for a brand new discussion on what's going on in the wild world of Web3. If you want to learn more about cryptocurrency and blockchain but don't know where to start, Crypto Decrypted will cover everything from basics and fundamental analysis to the advanced concepts of technical analysis. Join Chris K every Thursday exclusively on YouTube to get this content. Finally, if you want to take a deeper dive into the world of NFTs and learn more about all the latest and greatest and what's happening in that space while capturing alpha, join Steven on NFT Thursdays exclusively on Twitter Spaces on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you're enjoying our content. And if you're enjoying it, please like, subscribe, share, and leave comments so that we can continue to give you the content to keep you cryptocurrent. Yeah, I think that's been the flaw of a lot of communities that unfortunately haven't survived uh, or are, are in, in really big trouble during this bear market is they go radio silent until the news is accumulated so high that it's the worst possible news. And now it's damage control instead of communicating, hey, what's going on um, so that you can kind of get in front of it and actually maybe even have your community step up to help solve the problem. And I think just by... You, you build this community to, to, to trust you. So why wouldn't you be able to trust that they will be able to bear with you as you try to figure this moment in time out? Right, 100%. And in, you know, we've, we've, we've all seen it. We've all seen it with, with some of the larger players in the market, right? Where they're communicating good news right up until the point of failure or until the point where the rug is pulled and people just feel, just feel taken advantage of. And I think, again, the good companies and the good, the good DAOs, the good organizations, protocols that are going to be building in this time, they're the ones who are communicating consistently with their audience, good and bad. Here's the challenges. Here's how we're overcoming the challenges. And, you know, this is something that I always encourage the companies that we work with to, to do is to like communicate in that open and honest way. Now, you've got to obviously decide how, how much you're going to share, of course. Um, you know, you're not, you're not opening necessarily all the, all the treasury reports and whatnot. Maybe you are, depending on the Dow. But, um, you know, it's just that, that direct, honest communication, like here's what's going on. I think that really builds a strong community, which can weather the storm, right? Right. And just to, to build on that, there are a lot of different ways that different companies can communicate. So of course you have the social channels, you have Discord, you have newsletters, you have all these different places. And for some people, you would rather go to one place other, over another, right? So I have no problem with for certain communities that I read, I get my information on a Twitter update. For others, it's a newsletter. 
Um, for others, it's on Telegram. Um, I will go on Discord, but Discord feels very overwhelming for me. So I don't personally spend a lot of time there, but there are some communities where all they spend their time is on Discord. How would you say finding different channels of communications is also important as you, you know, grow and, and build with your community? Yeah, this, you, you, you brought up some really good points there. I do think a lot of people find Discord overwhelming, right? From the amount of direct messages and spam that you get to just the, the, the overwhelming number of notifications if you're part of multiple groups. It's like the fire hose of content. Then you've got Twitter and all the rest. Um, so what we do with, with the companies that we work with is we test things out. We look at the actual data behind Discord behind Twitter, behind newsletters, behind blogs. And we say, hey, look, you're getting more interaction, more communication on X, Y, and Z platforms than you, than you thought was, was actually happening. So we should focus on those platforms. It's not to say that we should completely cut off the other ones. That might be a scenario. But we focus on the traction channels or the platforms that have the, the best data. And so to your point, for example, um, let me give a real life example. You know, Discord is obviously a channel where, you know, Discord and Telegram, everyone's like, oh, we've got to be on Discord and Telegram. Yes, okay, you've got to have a Discord channel. Sure, let's just say that that's table stakes. But one of the, 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 ch- the, the channels that we've seen that has done extremely well with audiences is the old school newsletter. Email newsletter once a week, um, even once every two weeks, and it's like, hey, here's our updates, here's some education, here's some insights, here are our bounties, here's where you can go and find out more information, here's where you can communicate with us on a daily basis, aka Discord. And hey, we're just here, we're checking in, we're, we're keeping you abreast of everything that's going on. And that has performed really, really well for, for most of our clients, and so for all of our clients, actually. And so that's one of the, one of the areas that I would say, Hey, if you're, if you're looking to communicate, get your newsletter up and running. Plus, plus, we also have to remember that when you're building your, when you're building your communication on other platforms like Facebook, Twitter, there's always a risk that Facebook, Twitter, whatever platform it might be, can turn you off. And we've seen that happen to clients where Clients have, quote unquote, violated some kind of rule in the terms of service that maybe was changed two months ago. And all of a sudden, they're blocked from accessing their 20,000 users on Facebook. And it's a whoa moment that you have to try and overcome. Whereas when you build a newsletter, you've got email addresses. Even if they're anonymous, you've got email addresses. You control that channel. And really, you can always take your email addresses to a different place. And, and utilize them. Um, so those are those are some of my tips there in terms of communicating with your audience. I, I definitely appreciate that insight. And just to add on to it, I think another thing that people forget about as it relates to newsletters is when you're bringing in and growing these these different communication channels, you're bridging the gap between Web 2.0 and 3.0. And yes, with the world of Web 3.0, <clears throat> most of them live on Telegram, Discord, and Twitter. However, most of 2.0 uh, still reads a lot of newsletters, still on Facebook and other places. But ultimately, like you were saying with the newsletter piece, people are very adapted to getting updates from various companies that they follow via newsletter. And 
They'd like that it's not coming every single day, multiple times a day. If it's once a week or once every two weeks, that feels like an acceptable amount of notifications I'm getting. However, like for some people, if they go and they feel like they're getting constantly barraged with all these messages that they ultimately don't want, they tune out. And now that's not really what you want from building your community either. So I think finding a way to meet your um, community where they like to receive their information is part of the challenge, but also essential to, to growing your user base where you want it to go. You're 100% right. Yeah. That's, and that's exactly what we talk about. And, and you can see that when you look at engagement rates on Discord. Like you can actually, you can track it. You can see the data. And you'll see that you'll have almost certainly a very small group of really active users. There will be some users that are kind of active and the majority of people are inactive. And some of them are maybe just, you know, they're lurking on the side, just watching. But again, when you're getting barraged, like you said, with dozens of messages every single day from a single community, and you have 5, 10, 15 communities on your Discord, it's like, it's not paying attention. It's impossible, right? Right. Everyone only has so much attention every day. And a lot of your community has day jobs, has other things that they have going on. And so... um I think being aware of that, I think sometimes like obviously us builders in the space, we get so locked in on our product, our company, our DAO or whatever it is that you lose sight of like, oh yeah, like people have a lot of other things going on. Like maybe they don't want to get all of this information all of the time. And so um, I think it's just a good reminder and a good refresher. Um, But but something else that I want to kind of ask and kind of go in another direction that I want to head is, after you've now grown your audience, now that you're communicating with them and you're keeping them up to date on what's going on, good, bad, or indifferent, what are other ways and other things that people should be thinking about as they continue to grow their audience and as they continue to market to new people to bring into their community? Good question. I think we've got to, we've got to remember that there's growth and then there's community retention. Right, so it's not just it's not just an, enough to have a lot of users join your newsletter, join your Discord, join your Telegram. You've got to have that retention, that engagement. And so, what I would really recommend, you know, founders, CEOs, startups look at is make sure that you've got you've got that retention when you're doing your marketing, so that again, when things become good and you open up bounties, you, you get asked people to help you out with marketing. You've got a good engagement rate with your current audience, whatever traction channel that might be, Twitter, Discord, you know, newsletter, you've got good engagement. And so people are willing to help you out, do things with you. So that's, that's what I would look at. Yeah. And I think that is essential right now is the retention piece it's, it's one thing to always be feeding the top of your funnel, but if by the time they get to the end, if they're not sticking around, then you, you got to do a deeper dive into like, what is the real value that you're bringing to your community? And if you're not truly driving what you thought that was, it might be time to be slowing down growth and focus on, like you were saying, more on that retention side. So I think that is a really good and helpful reminder. As you look across the world of Web3, everything's expanding. Of course, uh, NFTs are continuing to grow. Metaverse is now getting more and more plays. Um, And there is a lot of various ways that someone can come into the community of Web3 and kind of like pick out their niches. Uh, Before we kind of got on the conversation today, you, you told me that privacy was something that was very important and essential to you. Can you kind of expand on that? Sure. 
So I think we're, we're in a position right now where blockchain has, so for, for, those, for those who don't know, blockchain started in 2008, right? Just after the financial crisis. And, you know, Satoshi encoded a message into the first, the first block, um, you know, that, that, that mentioned the banks in the UK were on the brink of bailout. Um, and he put, he put the date in there. And so I think as a financial tool and as a financial means of, uh, I'm sorry, as a means of being able to create data that can't be changed, that's going to be there forever. And from a financial perspective, can't be edited or adjusted by banks, central, central banks, governments, et cetera. We've done fantastically well. However, with that comes, it's like a double-edged sword. With that comes the, the reminder, the data can never be changed. You cannot delete it. It's always there. And now we're using data or we're using, we're using blockchain, excuse me, we're seeing a huge push towards personal data being on the blockchain, right? IDs being on the blockchain. Your financial records are completely on the blockchain. We will see central bank digital currencies again on the blockchain. And now you have impermanence in terms of the things you do on that blockchain. And I think as an industry, this is going to be a growing challenge that we've got to, we've got to, be mindful of and, and look out for, because imagine all of your financial records and all of your personal data is on the blockchain forever, accessible by any government who can look at it. That's just not something that I think is very safe. Um, you know, privacy is a human right. And we've seen across the world that people literally die because they don't have privacy. And that, that is something that is it's, it's a big challenge. And so I think we're going to have to really look at how do we integrate privacy layers into the dApps that we're building, into the DAOs that we're building, into the protocols that we're building as we move forward, because it's, it's something that's important to, to everyone, you know? Yeah, and I think that's going to have to keep keep being valued out and being mapped out, especially as we get closer to mass adoption and people aren't necessarily realizing how, because everything is broadcasted on the blockchain, like you said, once you have been identified, you can follow all of the money forever. If you have certain transactions or if you get your soul bound NFT token and it, it follows you across the metaverse and we can now follow all of your gaming activities. We can follow all the things that you do, it, everything like you, it, it is up to the public and, and some scenarios for some businesses or whatever, that trend level of transparency can be a positive. But for you personally, I don't know if that you necessarily want like for example, whatever you do on your phone, do or don't do on your phone from every app to everything, now that's kind of broadcasted out to the world. I don't know that you want the world to know every single do, thing that you do on your phone. So uh, there's definitely some added layers that will be important to map out as this continues to develop. I, I agree with that. Right. And you know, just, just, to, just to add on to what you're saying, it's not, even, it's not even that you're doing something wrong now, right? Or it's not even that you, you're doing something that you want to be private now. Imagine in 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, where we have a different set of rules, we have a different societal uh, you know, implications of things, we have a different culture, and now people can literally go back 5, 10, 15, 20 years into your data and see everything that you've ever done on the blockchain. 
everything you've purchased, everything you've done in the metaverse, every conversation, every, every transaction, like this is where we're going with it. And then imagine giving that power, not to just someone like you or I or the public, but giving it to a government or giving it to a massive corporation that you don't like, whatever corporation that might be, and now they can access it too. I just think that this is a very dangerous, um, it's a dangerous thing to, to overlook. And so again, I work with a lot of privacy companies. So like we're working with Brave as an example, they're, they're a client of ours. And you know, we, we encourage, um, so we love working with privacy companies on, in Web3. And you know, whenever we're working with a company that's not, we we obviously I obviously have that conversation with the founders and, and the, the CEOs and whatnot. It's like, hey, you got to think about privacy. It's an important thing, just as important as audits and security is is privacy. So I think I you know I hope that more founders continue to integrate privacy into what they're building as we move forward. Definitely. Um... And as time prevails, I'm sure we're going to see more and more of that. And as the builders keep building, it's, it's something to keep in mind. Um, but Cahill, you've definitely dropped a lot of really cool and amazing knowledge on us. As we kind of wrap up, I like to wrap up with a couple of fun questions. The first being, with all the information that you've ever learned uh, with being in the world of Web3, if you can impart one to two pieces of wisdom to yourself when you first got started in this space, first started working and um, being a consultant for a lot of these different companies, what's one or two pieces of wisdom you would give yourself? It's still early. I think that's, I think that's a, a, a major, um, that's what I started off with the conversation saying, it's still early. And so for those of you who are still getting in or just starting to build right now, it's still early. Blockchain is going to be like the internet was in you know, 1990. It's, it's here, but it's still early. So this is going to shift our entire culture as we move forward. So that's, I think, the, the one major, major piece. Got it. And it's, it's a good reminder. As much as people like to think, you know, it, uh, as of October 31st, 2022, uh, the, the, the white paper has been around for, for, for 12 years, which is a kind of a uh, 14 years, actually, which is kind of a crazy thing to, to think about. As Satoshi wrote that that long ago. And we're still early. We are still early. Yes, it's been 14 years, but you got to think about Bitcoin's been around, you know, for that long. Ethereum's only been around since 2015. And then since then, we have over 20,000 coins that have kind of come within the last five years. We're early. Uh, we are very early. Um, and a lot of things are going to continue to be built and, and mapped out. So I, again, want to echo, uh, echo that and uh, appreciate you saying it. But as we wrap up here, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all of the listeners here today? Keep building. And if, if you keep building, like, don't forget that marketing is a huge component of this. It's fantastic to focus on product. But if nobody knows about your product, then how are you going to impact the world? You, you need to market it. And there's, as we all know, there's a lot of noise. There's, there's a lot of noise out there. So you have to cut through the noise. And just having good products is not going to be enough. You've got to market it. So don't be afraid to keep building and to push forward on the marketing and you know, get out there and, and start letting people know that you've got a great product. Absolutely. And uh, really appreciate that final thought. What are ways that people can keep learning more about Digital Vision Media Group and connect with you as well? Yeah, so we offer, uh, we're actually launching a free audit for, uh, it's free audit, I've got to double check on an audit for, um, for anyone who wants to have their, their marketing looked at. So they can go to digitalvision.io forward slash audit. 
Um, and I'll give you the link for that. It's still in the, the early days of launch. So it'll be up by the time this podcast is up. Um, but yeah, we're launching that so they can go there and, you know, engage with the audit and get some insights into their, into their marketing and what they're doing. Um, or you can connect with, with myself, uh, on Twitter, it's Cahill underscore Camden. Uh, so at Cahill underscore Camden, uh, that is one of the, one of the other ways, or you can just email someone on our team. Perfect. Okay, Hill, again, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, I think you've given the audience a lot to think about and ways to move forward with their own uh, growth marketing. And of course, for everyone listening, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Cassius Octavius 15. I had an awesome experience as a guest on the show, and Richard is a wonderful guy. Well-organized, great content. I highly recommend the show. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews, and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. We would like to give a special shout out to our Moon sponsor, Acacia Digital. Acacia invests in partners with early stage blockchain companies who are solving complex problems in large markets. Acacia partners with projects that have established technology and communities. Acacia supports public projects exhibiting strong momentum and capacity to grow into large markets. Acacia also directly participates in limited releases such as NFTs tied to unique experiences, access, or products. For more information, go to acaciadigital.io. Again, that's acaciadigital.io. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com.